0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Whip and Tear. Welcome to the Video Games are Cool podcast. I'm Dustin. I'm Connor. And we're here to talk to you about basically the Doom franchise up through Doom 2016. Um, a quick note before we start this episode, it'll be a little bit different than our other ones. Unfortunately, just because of timing's sake, I've been in school, so we haven't had time to deep dive into all of these games. So we're kind of just going to talk about the franchise in order. Sands Doom 64, which we'll talk about later. So it'll be a little bit, little bit of a, a more freeform episode for you. Unfortunately, we, we do wish we had time to go over each game in detail like we have been doing with Luigi's Mansion but it's just timing unfortunately I've had school which has thrown a big wrench into the podcast I have not had a lot of time to to play through these games and we'll talk about that more as we go
1: yeah and we want to do this episode before Eternal and that's coming up really soon very excited so
0: yeah basically as we record this Doom Eternal is going to come out this Friday so we really just wanted to we wanted to talk about the rest of the franchise before we didn't want to go back. <laughs> because Doom Eternal honestly looks like a game, like I don't want to go back and play 2016 after I played Doom Eternal.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that.
0: Alright, so we're going to start off with where it all began. Doom, released in 1993.
1: Um, first of all, what is your history with the franchise?
0: Uh, the first game I ever played was 2016. I think with a lot of people my age um, and your age, it's—I I mean, Doom came up before either of us were born. So it, it was—it was kind of a thing that passed me by. The only thing I know about Doom really is the controversies it started in terms of violence and all that—all that fun overblown stuff that you get with video games sometimes
1: yeah it was one of the first um when i was doing research for this episode it was one of the first games to pioneer like the esrb in the united states and the um snes version of the first one was the first game to be rated like t for teen on <laughs> um on the snes which seems laughable now but
0: yeah that's so funny Um, we should also, I should also say credit on Mike. Connor did all the research for this episode again, because I've been so busy. (laughs) So, so very busy. Thank you, school. So, Um,
1: so my, um, history was, I also just played 2016 was my first one. I had heard about it mainly just because it's very popular, but 2016 was my first one. And then not too long ago, like within the last year i played through one and two and have not gotten to three but you played three
0: i did i did play three so i guess i'll I'll address this right now do one and two i have issues with they make me a little bit motion sick which is part of the reason why i was not looking forward to playing them honestly i have not gotten past that hump i don't know why that is i've literally never heard anybody else complain about that but there's something about the way those games move that really triggers some sort of motion sickness in me and i i can't explain it i don't know why i think my theory is because they're not really 3d games they're 2d and they're using a lot of trickery to uh sort Everything. of create a, a first person shooter aesthetic and i just my brain does not compute
1: yeah so we can get into that as we go along and we get into gameplay but doom one is released in 93 um with a uh later version coming out called ultimate doom with 95 in 95 which had the extra fourth chapter the it sold between 1.9 2.1 million before 99 it was freeware up until like later they had they mainly just gave it out to a bunch of students and reviewers and that kind of stuff just to get the game out there and it was said to have been downloaded 15 million times before 99 so pretty popular insanely popular back in the day
0: yeah um
1: i have a a research note here on its popularity um when i was looking it up it said that intel lotus development and carnegie Mellon all had to ban it in the workplace because of how many people played it during business hours (laughs) during work hours
0: that's so crazy do you remember that uh concept it was when oh because it was the studio the studio that's now shut down uh uh the studio that made that multiplayer 1st person shooter from a couple years ago boss key games that they named their studio after that because there was the concept of the boss key which would you'd hit it on your keyboard and essentially bring up a bunch of boring looking spreadsheets so you could play games at work which there is such a funny game, right? idea oh, i love great. that it's it's that's a really cute idea I don't know if Doom had that, but that's what it makes me think of. (laughs) I don't know why. Brains much today, guys.
1: Yeah, but just being in the. It was such a huge thing because the developers in software back in the day were just like 15, just kids, basically. They became like instant rock stars because of this game, because of how popular it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can understand why. Having played it, it's quite sensational.
0: (laughs) Right, and I will say, uh, despite my motion sickness, I did end up playing a bit of it when I found some time. So I, I'm quite familiar with how the game works. I played it, I also played it on the BFG edition, which should probably be noted because when I looked into it a bit, people don't like that version. I'm not sure why, but just yeah, it seems if you're fun. listening to this and you're like, don't play that version. <laughs> that's, I, that's the one I played. So.
1: Yeah, I played the uh, 2019 release on Switch for Doom 1 um ran great you know it's the only weird part was that the sprint button is mapped to like zr which is a little weird. it's it's not bad it's just nothing the game in the game tells you that which i didn't know there's a sprint button until i got to the fourth chapter and it's mandatory but yeah let's get into it did you how much did you play of this half of the first chapter i believe okay
0: so i don't know i played it for like 20 minutes it seems fairly short. I was kind of rolling through, and I was—that was a surprising thing to me. I didn't realize how short it was, playing it and like feeling like. And of course, I'm sure the stuff just get longer and longer, but just getting halfway through that first one, I was like, "Oh, this isn't as sprawling as I thought it was," because, and obviously that's also because they've just released episodes years and years, for years and years, like, like I um, like they've put out episodes. Like they put out one what last year, a new one. For doom one
1: yes that's the,
0: the john marrero overcreated one sigil right? yeah
1: yeah and that's kind of a running theme with these with especially one and two was later revisions and expansions came out for different systems mainly pc you know ms dos had a lot of those expansions but the ultimate doom in 95 added a couple more levels and then later there was some uh, revisions and this was all after Doom 2 and, you know, Doom 3 was coming up. So it's that's, weird how they kept adding to it. I
0: think it's cool. If like, if like Halo in 2020, they went, oh, we're adding a new expansion, adding five new levels to Halo 1. I would lose my shit. On so the original Xbox, That's Let's go. <laughs> so cool. I love that. I think it's, I think it's so fun.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and it's also worth noting that Doom 1 and Doom 2 have a huge huge modding community making like entirely new games using the engine and the you know systems that it created and you know some of those people made some of these official chapters as we'll get into later but yeah the the core gameplay of Doom you just you're Doom guy on a base on one of Mars's moons I believe it's Deimos in the first one and the UAC, the Union Aerospace Corporation, is experimenting with teleportation. They mess it up so bad that they open a portal to hell.
0: Don't you hate it when that happens?
1: <laughs> just trying to teleport and you open a portal to hell. So Doom Guy just takes it upon himself after everyone's turned to zombies to just try and stabilize things on the base. Um, you know, simple. It's 1993. It's a PC game that... Games only like seven hours total if you want to play everything. So, you know, story's not that significant.
0: Right. How did you feel about um, the repetitiveness? Because everything I've seen of this game and everything, all the levels kind of look very similar. You're kind of doing the same thing for the most part, seemingly. Again, as somebody who barely played it.
1: Yeah, I mean the, it the levels can be kind of repetitive, but I think the design of them is fun enough to keep you going for because each level is only like 10 15 minutes so with the back and forth like keys and puzzles and you know you're just finding keys to open doors and memorizing the map and then you know fighting demons along the way i think it works and it especially works the way i played it on switch where you play a level or two and then put it down
0: yeah it honestly sounds like a good portable game
1: yeah and them being on switch is huge um Plus, it's Doom 1. The joke is it can run on anything. You can definitely get it on f- mobile phones or, you know, a TI-84 calculator if you wanted. So playing a... Game playing Boy it, Advance. Yeah. the Playing it on the go, I think, is really good. It kind of tones down the repetitiveness, but it's fun for the seven hours it lasts.
0: Cool. That's that's awesome. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to go in-depth. Yeah, Maybe it's... More.
1: If you're looking to go back to it, and this is the same for Doom 2, just be aware that it is old. It came out in 93. It's, as Dustin mentioned, it's pseudo 3D. All the enemies and the HUD and the guns are all 2D sprites, but the levels are in 3D, so it can be a little... But kinda.
0: Yeah. It's a lot of weird screen shake, and what I'm saying is if you get motion sick, no shame.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No shame. It's also old first-person shooter without a crosshair, and that can lead to a lot of motion sickness as well.
0: You also can't look up and down, which should be noted, if you've never played these games, and that's weird. It's a weird feeling.
1: Yeah, so it made Wolfenstein 3D before this, and that was completely two-dimensional. They just used a really complex math system to make it look first-person.
0: And that game is even worse. With yes, sickness Yes, that
1: me? came out before this. and I don't remember. I didn't look that up. But this is a little more bearable. It has actual 3D models. They're just really old looking, but you can't look up and down, which you can use to your advantage in some cases. You don't have to actually aim super precise. You just kind of have to be pointing in the direction and the bullets kind of find their way to the enemy. But it was super successful. The demons are fun. It's kind of cheesy. You know, you're just punching demons. It's
0: cheesy as hell. And I love that. I love games when they have a theme and they just straight up commit. Yeah. And this is totally one of those where it's like, this is heavy metal. This is demons from hell. And
1: you get a chainsaw, you get the, the BFG stands for big fucking
0: gun. It's every edgy high schooler's dream. Like it's, it's great. And I love that. I think that it committing so hard and, you know, we'll talk about this with doom three a little bit, but I think that it as much as I can't stand playing these games, I think that it, it's such a cool thing that it exists. And, I don't know. You can totally see the creator's passion for it.
1: Yeah, especially with Doom guy's little face in the bottom. That's such a great oh, it's touch. So good. Because he has great facial expressions. Usually it's just pretty static. He's looking back and forth, but then when you pick up stuff like the chainsaw or the BFG and he gives that like huge smirk, like that just gives the game a lot of character. And the demons like melting or screaming at you, like that just gives it a lot of personality that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. That's something we don't have in mono shooters, just this little character portrait. Yeah.
1: It's, it's so funny. And that's something that Doom does quite well. Yeah, this was released about a little less than a year later about 11 10 months after the first one uses the same engine the same hud there's not really any new weapons there are new enemies and you know completely new levels and that's the main thing people mainly just think that this is like one of the best classic doom games and i'm willing to agree i played this one on the bfg edition on steam and Playing it on a keyboard and mouse definitely is better than the controller. I'll say that.
0: Would you? Does, it, does this one allow you to aim up and down? I don't know no. This game. It's the
1: same engine. It's the same exact. It's basically huh. just an expansion to the first game with the number two on the box.
0: Hmm. So you'd say keyboard and mouse makes a difference? Because it, it's something I haven't thought about because I wouldn't think it would just because aiming is not really...
1: Yeah. I mean, it just helps movement i don't know i think i'm just more tuned to playing shooters on a computer so okay. that's fair I, it's, it's perfectly playable and you know works really well with a controller you know you can play all three of these first ones and soon doom 64 you can play all these on modern consoles switch ps4 xbox one and is doom 64 coming to pc i believe so it is. yeah so you can play all of them on pc or any other console that you want. So. Dude
0: one and two are basically playable on anything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you you wouldn't say that there's any
1: major leaps in the major this game? leaps just be just come from the enemies. They added new enemies like the pain elemental and the archvile, um, which can be really nasty. And then the final boss. The final boss of the first game was You fight the cyber demon about halfway through, and then the final boss is the Spider Mastermind. Sounds very familiar if you played 2016. Right. It's, and they're not, they're not very great boss fights, I would say. They're just kind of big enemies that take a lot of rockets. First-person
0: shooters struggle with good boss fights, I find. That's true.
1: Doom 2 doesn't have many more boss fights other than throwing two Spider Masterminds in one room. I don't consider a boss fight. You fight a spider mastermind and a cyber demon in one room at one point, but the the final final boss spoilers for Doom Two is the Icon of Sin, which is just a giant wall that shoots enemies at you, and you have to ride. A-
0: Icon of sin, sin is such a good. <laughs> that's so. Again, that just that contributes to like this is such an edgy. 15 year olds (laughs) yeah my dream it's great I love that
1: and the icon of sin is just a giant demon skull on a wall it's just a wall texture but it's a giant demon skull with an exposed brain that you have to shoot rockets into
0: oh the only thing that would make that more apt is if it was just like a giant naked woman you know (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny
1: that's something doom steers away from is the succubus demons it's kind of steers away from that maybe in doom 3 I didn't play it the I don't think so yeah One of the best Easter eggs of the Icon of Sin is if you no-clip through the wall and you go behind it, you can find John Romero's severed head on a pike. It's not anywhere else in the game. It's just there (laughs) because it's fun. But, you know, Doom 2, it's pretty similar. You get some of the same enemies, same sprites. Um, The levels, I would say, are a bit more fun. Like The level design is a little more open and has some tight corridors that are pretty nerve-wracking but you know it's it's cool it's good i played this one a lot more recently than one but i think i enjoyed it more just because of the level design
0: good to know and it can't be overstated how much impact these two games had especially in the first person shooter genre i don't think we would have a lot of the games we have today without them
1: they basically invented the first person genre wolfenstein 3d kind of invented it and then these perfected
0: wolfenstein 3d walked so these games could run right
1: exactly yeah
0: um, and then like even to the point where I believe, and if I'm wrong about this, sorry, but I believe it, it was definitely true a couple years ago. But there's still a tech code in modern Call of Duty games, like that's how far this lineage stretches back, and that's that's so impressive,
1: yeah. And every first person shooter from then on took something from Doom at that point, you know. Duke Nukem came out not too long after that. Um, it went on to make Quake, which modernized multiplayer and first-person shooters, and then Halo and Call of Duty and all that. Oh. Yeah. Just really iconic. The Some of the other research notes here was that there's uh, Final Doom in 1996. That came with two additional chapters, which I think was 21 additional levels. Um, but that was made by Team TNT. Or no, that's the that Master Levels was in 95. That came with 21 more levels. The two additional chapters were made by Team TNT in 96 as Final Doom, which is the version you can find most often. Um and this sold about 1.5 to 1.8 million before 99. Not quite as much as the first game, but this is also giving the first game to the same a larger time window. But nowadays, you know, it's way in the millions with the modern releases and of course this is one of those
0: games that's has such a legacy that every time they release it it ends up you know it ends up selling a bunch and so the, the sales are just insane on it yeah all right so unless you got anything else to say
1: no i mean it's it's good they're old if you get past that they're pretty enjoyable strafing first person cheaters
0: So we're going to stop here and do a quick note on Doom 64. Neither of us have played it.
1: Yep, waiting for it to come out on the modern consoles, which is the same day as Doom Eternal, which I'm going to wait on 64 for. Yeah, and this is the first time it's been released, right? Outside of the yes. 64, I believe? Yeah, the only which other cool. place you could play it was the 64.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love stuff like that. And I love that they're calling it Doom 64, that they haven't dropped that and named it something else. That's fun.
1: Well, and it's also coming to ps4 xbox one and pc it's not strictly a nintendo title
0: yeah that's that's why you know and when things like that happen you expect them to
1: rename it yeah so that 64
0: that's really that's legitimately awesome and i'm curious to see what reception is to that because again it was trapped on the 64 for a long time i know modders and stuff have ported it but as in an official capacity in a mainstream way
1: it's only been on the N sixty four, but what from what I hear, yeah. it's actually one of the best classic Doom games. I've also heard that as well. With being like right up there with Doom two, if not better than that. Uh, it's worth noting this came out in ninety seven, two years after or three years after Doom two, but it was made by Midway Games instead of ID. Yeah.
0: People like it so much. I've actually heard it referred to as the true Doom three, which is you know that's high praise. Yeah, it's. I'm I'm really curious to see what the reception is on that and... I'm excited to play it. there will And I will say there may be a podcast episode happening on that game. But we'll see. And then after that, we get to Doom 3, which is now we get a role reversal where I played this game. You have not.
1: Yes. This was in 2004. This came out. Also developed by id Software. But this was after they had made three Quake games and all the Doom expansions. And then I think they had done like Return to Castle Wolfenstein between then. They didn't. I think they licensed that out to yeah, someone I don't else. I
0: believe but that was them. I think that might have been Raven.
1: Yes, yes. But that. So they, they kept doing things, but by the time they wanted to make another Doom game, this is where they got to.
0: Yeah, so Doom three, and I will note again, casualty of time, I didn't finish Doom three. I picked it up when it came to Switch, just out of curiosity. Uh, so, oh, as far first, heard people, it gets one of those very divisive games where either you really like it or you really don't. And as with a lot of these games, I find the truth is in the middle. I think this game is neat. I don't think it's amazing. It's it's cool. It very much feels like, uh, and I know this game came out afterwards, but it feels like a watered-down Bioshock in a lot of ways. It's slow in that way, which I think classic Doom fans really don't like. Yeah, that was the enough. biggest
1: complaint, was that it's not as fast as the originals. But the other praise that I've heard of this game was in 2004, this game looked really good.
0: I believe it, yeah. It's, it's, it's a very dark game, so it's working with a lot of shadows and a lot of Things And the thing about this game, if you don't know, whereas Doom 1 and 2 are very... They revel in their N64, I guess. They revel in their like heavy metal aesthetic, and they're cheesy and corny. This game takes itself very seriously. It's um, working with more of a horror aesthetic. And I, I think that's neat. I think that's a cool idea. I think it's a interesting, especially for that time, trying to modernize it. I think it's I think it's kind of fascinating. It's the direction they went in. I, I just wish... It, it came out at a time when story and games wasn't quite there yet. It was like getting there. And that's really unfortunate because I don't think the story is that great or compelling. And it does the Bioshock thing where you're kind of walking around, you're picking up audio logs and you're hearing people's stories, but the acting in those audio logs is kind of boring. And so it's just, it's, it's neat. It's a cool relic. It just, I, I think it came out a couple of years too early, honestly.
1: Yeah, this came out on PC in 2004 and then got an <laughs> Xbox re- release for the original Xbox in 2005, along with an additional chapter which was then released on pc the additional chapter was made by nerve software which is dif- a separate team from id which is interesting but then there was also the limited edition release on six or on the original xbox that came with one and two and then by 2012 there was the bfg edition which came with doom one and doom two and all of their chapters along with doom three and its extra chapter which is The way you're going to play it today, that's on 360, PS3, and Steam. That's probably the most.
0: Yeah, and the re-release they just did last year, I believe incorporates that version's enhancements. If I'm correct, and this is not me knowing a bunch about it.
1: It would seem weird that they (laughs) wouldn't.
0: Yeah, and I don't think, because the big thing about it was the original had a flashlight mechanic. And the flashlight basically took up a weapon slot, so you'd have to switch to your flashlight. To be able to see anything because it's a super dark game and switch back to a weapon, and then for this release they, they basically made it so the flashlight could be on all the time. Um, it was it basically acts like a shoulder-mounted flashlight, like in Uncharted or whatever, so you don't have to switch it. Which I, in in in, you know, being on the internet for a while, I've seen people either hate that or love that. So that's kind of a personal taste kind of thing. I think people sometimes some people like this slower pace of having to switch to your flashlight and the more horror aesthetic that brings, wandering around in the dark. But some people are like, no, this is annoying. I just want to shoot stuff. Which, fair enough, I think that that's-
1: That's a reasonable expectation for a Doom game.
0: Yeah, so that's, um, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. I personally was like, I'm fine with it being shoulder-mounted. Honestly, it makes more sense for a sci-fi game set in, you know, on Mars. Like, yeah, why would you have me just separate a flashlight that's a little silly? So I think, especially because this game is trying to drench you in its atmosphere, that makes way more sense. It's more immersive. Um, But, yeah, the gameplay is totally fine. Again, it's slow. It's whatever.
1: Um, Yeah, it's just a methodical third-person shooter. I haven't played it, but from what I've heard, it's very slow. It focuses on story. focuses on fleshing out the UAC. We didn't go into the plot of Doom 2, but it's because it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of themes.
0: Yep. And it's... It's, it's totally fine. It's fun to play. I enjoyed playing it on Switch, which I should say. And I'm sure the other versions are better. But the Switch version, totally fine. I'll hold holds up. I think that this game is... I, I, I think it has some standout sections, though. There's specifically a section... So slight spoilers on this if you want to play this game. but There's a section where you, for whatever reason, you lose your flashlight. I can't remember why. But there's this scientist you find who has a lantern and it's completely dark and so you have to guide the scientist through this basically like maze-like area and you can only see where the lantern is so it's just really cool section that really uses that horror aesthetic much better than anything else in the game at least where i got to and i like like that's the coolest part of the game and i wish the game did more stuff like that
1: yeah just really committed to the horror i think yeah. or
0: just more set pieces like that right like if you're not going to do that give me something exciting every once in a while like like that and i mean yeah there's not too much else to say it had a multiplayer mode originally that for these modern releases got stripped out um whatever i've never heard anybody talk about doom 3's multiplayer so i can't tell you if that's a big loss or not
1: if we get around to playing original version we might bring that up later on but it you know in before 2007 it sold 3.5 or more million copies so that's not nothing like that's oh yeah within its opening window sold more than one and two and was i think the best-selling first-person shooter in 2005 or 6 which is you know it's pretty substantial it's it did well it's not exactly classic doom but it's fully 3d the lighting engine is pretty impressive for the time and it's it's a cool looking game
0: yeah, it's it's a neat thing. Um, it it certainly stands out from the crowd, which I can appreciate. But yeah, I don't know if there's too much else to say about it. It's totally fun, but meh.
1: And again, you can get all these classic ones for re- really cheap.
0: Oh yeah, Doom three. I think regularly right now, the modern version is ten dollars.
1: Yeah, the modern ports uh, drops to. Below ten dollars frequently. Doom one and two I think are like six dollars regular, but I see them drop on on sale every once in a while. And the Doom three BFG edition on Steam has all three, and that goes on sale pretty regularly as well. Yeah, so
0: if you're curious about these games, you know they're they're frequently less than the price of a Starbucks coffee. So
1: yeah, it's you're not gonna break the bank trying. Yeah,
0: which is which is cool. I, I think it makes like something like Doom three that I feel like is just okay. Something a little bit more approachable.
1: Now we get into the big boy, the real Oh, game. yeah.
0: I, possibly the most exciting part about this will be finding music. Because the music in this game rules. It's so good, you guys.
1: Yeah, let's start there. The music for. June 2016, we're
0: talking about, by the way.
1: Yeah, it came out May 13th of 2016. It came out on the PS4, Xbox One. And then a year after, it came out on Switch. Um, it also came out on PC, same 2016. What a game! but the music let's start there because the music kicks ass
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's so much fun and like doom 2016 kind of goes back to the aesthetics of the original two dooms and 64 i keep forgetting and they kind of bring it back to this fast-paced first-person shooter and it's one of because it's kind of a semi-reboot and it's one it does this right where it doesn't it doesn't go look at those first two games and recreate their gameplay completely it does new things
1: yeah, it attempts to modernize that speed that the first two had in a way that's still extremely exciting to a modern, modern yes. audience. Which is
0: something a good reboot should do. It should give you something familiar while also moving the franchise forward. And this game does that, like, with flying colors.
1: Yeah, it does that and then some. But the music by Mick Gordon kicks so much ass. He did so much work to on this, like, techno synth heavy metal album mm-hmm. that scores the game and there's tons of interviews with him online he has one on his youtube channel it's in two parts the no clip documentary has a section with him and he still does interviews for the new game as well he seems so passionate about it he did a bunch of weird stuff like send it through a bunch of old analog synthesizers to get that distorted sound and if you ever just need a shot in the arm for the day you just pop that on and it gives you the energy it is you need.
0: so it and like any like high quality metal band or whatever, just using those drop D guitars and that, oh, it's so good! It matches the aesthetic. It it pumps you up. It's it it's amazing. It it's seriously one of the best video game soundtracks ever.
1: Yes, and he has said that he wanted to, with the soundtrack, bring music forward again instead of having it just be in the background and not really noticed. And it is. It like kicks you in the teeth with its intensity, and it fits the game super well.
0: And I mean that's something to go back to Doom Three. I can't tell you what that music sounds like. It does not stick out to me in any way.
1: Yeah, one and two is pretty iconic, but yeah, three—it's kind of in the background. If it's the atmosphere, it's, it's, it's
0: atmospheric, which is totally fine. But I think that that going to this game and having the soundtrack just yeah kicking in the teeth <laughs> is is so—it's so powerful. It's so good, and you guys will be hearing some of that throughout this episode. And so essentially, let's let's talk about this game. Is it's a first-person shooter, obviously and it kind of uses a lot of the same weapons as before, but it looks gorgeous, it's 3D, like the other, unlike the originals.
1: Yeah, it's 3D like Doom 3 was, only on a much more modern console. Mm-hmm. You got t- just really great graphics.
0: It's gorgeous, it's a, it's a beautiful game. And the big new mechanic for this game is the health system is now tied to melee attacks. Specifically
1: um, glory kills. Yes. When you melee attack an enemy that's at low enough health, you'll perform a very graphic, very cinematic kill of the enemy. But it is extremely fast. It doesn't mm-hmm. ever feel like it's in the way.
0: That's the thing. Is you would think, like, oh, this will get old planes, whatever, and say a 10-15 hour game. But it doesn't. You, you, you never get tired of the glory kills. They're fast enough that you're like, oh, cool. And they're varied enough. Because whenever you attack an enemy, depending on where you attack them, it performs a different animation. Which is such a smart thing. Yeah. So you're not seeing the exact same thing over and over again.
1: There, There's some repetition. Oh yeah, but, for sure. But, but it's varied enough that... And it's not intrusive. You know, each glory kill lasts less than a second. So you're just right back in the action. It doesn't take you out of it at all.
0: And this, it just serves the gameplay so well because it's forcing you to get up close and personal to get your health back. And if you don't do that if you play this from far away trying to snipe enemies you will not be successful
1: yeah if you this is the game that the developers really wanted to emphasize if you stand still in this game you instantly die so if you keep moving and maneuver around the enemies well enough then you're going to do good and getting up close and personal with the demons really adds to that and it adds to the heavy metal and intense tone of doom that really sells this game yeah
0: it's it's one of the most satisfying games Ever, I think. Um, Genuinely, I think that it it nails it so hard. And the other part of this is to get more ammo, you have to use chainsaw attacks. So another close-range attack. Um, And if you do that, ammo pops out of enemies like when you burst open a pinata.
1: It's so great. It's awesome. And it gives you like twice as much ammo as you can even carry at the maximum upgrade level. So it just feels so great that you can pick it all up and... Just keep keep moving. And it also instantly kills an enemy, which is really helpful if you find a big threat and have enough chainsaw fuel.
0: Yeah, and chainsaw you don't get chainsaw fuel from enemies. You have to find it in the environment. And so that feeds into this loop of, okay, melee killing enemies to get health. Found, found some chainsaw animo, uh, ammo. I'm out of ammo for my guns. I can't say the word ammo. Chainsaw, a demon, get more ammo, continue.
1: Yeah, it's very you know, you're managing all your resources, your health, your armor, your ammo, your chainsaw ammo, your grenades, all that stuff you're managing on the fly while also managing your position around the enemies. And these levels are very open. You know, a lot of the combat is in these large arena areas, which really serves this kind of the strafing type of gameplay that 1 and 2 had, where you're trying to move around the enemies to avoid getting hit as well as getting in position to deal damage to them
0: and i think this game does a great job of giving you a variety of weapons that for the most part serve different purposes um you essentially you get a you get a pistol it's your starting weapon it's, it's kind of weak but it's really you really bad charge it up you get a more powerful shot it's fine but then later on you get an assault rifle you get a plasma rifle you get the chain gun you get rocket launcher, you get the chainsaw, of course, you get the shotgun, and then the super shotgun, which those two are the only ones that are like, could have just had one shotgun,
1: but yeah, whatever. The, and the the plasma rifle and the assault rifle, I feel, share a similar spot as well, but that's only without mods, which we'll get into. Yes,
0: and we'll get into mods. And I would also argue that because they look different, they actually don't. They provide, they give you a little bit more um, flexibility in terms of visuals, which I think later on, when I talk about some criticism, I have that this game is important, uh, even if it's just that small thing. And then you get the BFG, of course, which is a returning. Big fucking gun, for those of you who don't know.
1: It is a big fucking gun. It, yeah. you, you shoot it and it just destroys every enemy that it can touch it's, in a giant orb.
0: Again, it's a very satisfying weapon.
1: But ammo is very limited, so you're balancing how much you have, how much you can get, and how when you want to use it to clear an area. Yeah,
0: or take off a big chunk of a boss's health.
1: Yes, yeah, very useful in boss fights.
0: Which is what I wouldn't end up saving for, for the most part. So let's get into weapon mods then, um, and just the collectibles in general. This game utilizes a map system, not unlike something like planetary like Me- Prime yeah, or Prime. Star Wars Fallen Order. If you played that last year, it's a very similar looking 3D map where you can kind of look around and find secrets. And the secrets range from weapon mods, which give your weapons different functions to collectible doom guy dolls yeah as well as
1: tokens to upgrade your suit and just other little collectibles and easter eggs that will help give you weapon upgrade points
0: and i think 90 percent of the collectibles are super fun to find and collect they do a good job of hiding them but not too frustrating except for a couple there were there are definitely a couple when i went platinum this game on ps4 that i was like why is this like this but for the most part i really liked hunting all that stuff down
1: yeah, and it helps break up the pace because this is a very aggressive very fast game so having these downtimes of either a linear hallway to kill a few enemies just between arenas or exploring for secrets it gives you a little break between the the insane action of the rest of the game
0: yeah um and it's it's rather enjoyable just being like i love to imagine a doom guy very serious like i gotta kill all these demons like but first I got to go find this action figure.
1: <laughs> I got to go find my action Kiss figure. Mom, but yes.
0: It's, it's 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 great. This game also has secret areas that recreate parts of Doom 1 and 2. Yeah,
1: there's one in each level and it gives you a classic level of a level from Doom 1 or 2. And it's, you know, in the 3D Doom 2016 engine, so you still have that full aiming and the glory mm-hmm. kills and all that. But once you find just a the little snippet in a level it actually unlocks the full level in the menu, which
0: I did not realize the first time I played this game. It was not until I played it, I think, even this year when I played it over the summer to platinum it, that I I, I realized like, oh, you just can play those games in here. Yeah, I which mean, I it's... probably should have done for this podcast. Now I like, think <laughs> about it because those don't make me sick. It's not <laughs> whatever.
1: It's not every level, and it's not, you know, one to one. Obviously, right. it's yeah. Doom twenty sixteen. You can actually jump and stuff, but it's, you know, it's it's cool to have that. It's mainly fan service, but it's. It's cool and it works. It's very a great well. collectible. Like,
0: yeah. Finding that stuff. So let's touch the weapon mods. The weapon mods essentially change the function of your weapons. They give you secondary fires, basically. And say, for example, for the rocket launcher, you could get a weapon mod that gives you homing rockets.
1: That's the best one for that Yeah, one. It's
0: it's great. Or the shotgun gives you one that lets you shoot um lets you shoot three burst rounds. Or the double barrel shotgun that you shoot twice, which is hilarious.
1: Yeah, that one's pretty hard to get. That's like the last upgrade, but man, is it really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this game, oh, there's so much. So you can get the weapon upgrades. You find them in the level. There's this little robot that flies around who Doom Guy is very mean to. Yeah, he just punches it. So it mean. He just punches it. And then you get the weapon upgrade. But then once you get the weapon upgrade, there's additional challenges to level it up even further. And those will be like, honestly, they're a little bit mobile gamey where they'll be like, in this level, kill two demons at once with a shotgun with one shot with one shot. So it's stuff like that. Or
1: perform a certain number of glory kills. In this specific glory kill animation, which I think is the worst mission, honestly.
0: Yeah. yeah, those aren't those aren't too fun because again, it brings in that repetition.
1: Well, and trying to manipulate which glory kill animation to play can be kind of annoying because you slow down with around a sta- stunned mm-hmm. enemy, find the specific spot, and it just kind of breaks it up. It just kind of ruins the pace of the combat, but. You know, getting those weapon upgrade points, which you get from just fighting enemies or finding secrets or completing those challenges, you can use that to upgrade the weapon mods that you unlocked.
0: Which makes them even more useful, which feeds into the loop and yeah, it's makes not, you more powerful. It's great.
1: It's not full RPG mechanics, but it's good to just see your character grow. You know, that's always satisfying.
0: Yeah, it almost reminds me of, I, I don't think it's quite as good as Wolfenstein's, but Wolfenstein had a system where... The um, Wolfenstein reboots had a system where if the more you used a certain weapon and if you use it in the correct ways you're supposed to, that weapon would upgrade or that ability would upgrade, and it kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Which is which is great. I think that's super fun. Or Ratchet and Clank. Again, I don't think it's as good as Ratchet and Clank, but it has that feel.
1: Yeah, and it's not the main focus of the game, so it's fine. It's fine that it's there, and it helps you know feel like you're progressing more, which breaks up. I know we'll get into this later, the repetition of the levels, but, you know, it's it's fun to collect things in this game. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of that has to deal with the movement of Guy himself. You know, he's very, very mobile. He moves really quickly, which is good in arenas, but he can also end up double jumping and grabbing ledges. And, you know, it's just fun to explore the environments.
0: Mm-hmm. Lastly, before we move off of collectibles, there's the room, there's the rune trials. And what these are, they're essentially challenge rooms. You get them, and they basically give you a specific task, which could be destroy all these demons but only using barrels, or Reach. get to the end of this course in time.
1: But if you slow down, then you stop moving and you can't move. It's They're fun distractions. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Some of them are better than others. Yeah. Obviously, you can probably hear from our town. Um, I, I enjoy them. They upgrade. I, they give you a passive abilities when you get them they're fine i i think i again i did them all they're not but for the most part they're not too challenging
1: yeah and they're nice to have too some of them are can be really powerful some of them i find kind of useless like the vacuum which just pulls in items from farther away but some of them can be really helpful there's one that gives you ammo on glory kills which you can upgrade to then give you bfg ammo that is insanely powerful
0: kind of breaks the game but yeah Whatever.
1: And the one that lets Glory Kills drop armor as well, just giving you more health, essentially. Yeah.
0: I but, but I think that all of that, even if each of those parts I don't think are amazing or other games have done better, all of them together feeds into the system of you're just constantly getting more powerful, constantly getting new abilities, new upgrades, and it just really works so well.
1: Yeah. And, you know, the game without those, I think, would still be insanely fun yeah for it's sure. just adding that makes the campaign as a whole feel that much better it's
0: that extra layer of presentation and systems that really it brings this game from an eight to a nine right yeah you're it it's that it, it cherry on top so let's let's talk we've mentioned it a couple times let's talk about the repetition i think it's this game's main problem is it really only takes place over two locations mars and hell and mars is very red it's a little as, bit orange, I suppose.
1: And made of a lot of rocks. and
0: Hell is very red and made up a lot of <laughs> rocks. And so playing this game, you just don't get a variety. And all, a lot of the levels end up kind of bleeding into one another. And like, they're not as memorable as, say, Luigi's mentioned two or three, where like each level has its own aesthetic. And you really can tell them apart. And it's fun to see what's coming up next. This game, you're like, it's more going to be more red, lo- red rocks.
1: Which is fine you know it's not the environments do look really good and the level design is super strong so that areas don't completely blend in so you kind of know where you are in a level but that visual if you just look at it at a glance you're looking at a collection of screenshots you can say oh well these kind of you know it just looks like a, the doom level
0: yeah and that's that's see that's the biggest unfortunate thing i have about it there are a couple standouts i will say we talked about before this podcast the What'd you call it? The Vega
1: Vega Central Processing. It's the right. second to last level in the game.
0: It's like this game's version of a snow level. Everything's blue. It's the the red is gone, and it's great.
1: And even when you go inside the facility, it's still got that blue motif. You got these mm-hmm. screens and wires and stuff that are coursing with blue electricity and fluid. And, and
0: it, it's a, it's a standout level because of that. You remember it. It's it's it doesn't. Hit your, You know, it doesn't hit the generic Rusty. reds. And, yeah. And then I would also, the one I also thought of was the tower. The Argent Tower. Yeah. That level, even though it does still use a lot of red, you start off outside and there's a lot of greens, a lot of dark greens, and you sort of make your way up this tower, and it gives it a more of a visual identity. Yeah,
1: because you can visually see yourself climbing up this tower, so that progression is very... Very nice, and it has a nice aesthetic with these moving parts, and
0: yeah, I I, th- I think that, that that helps, but but yeah, the rest of the game is very um, it's either very hell, or it's very industrial hell, and it doesn't, it just doesn't send out. Which in the future it looks like something they're trying to change.
1: Yes, the that does not look like it'll be a complaint for the later games. Yeah,
0: which we'll we'll get into later, but. Let's, let's discuss this game's story a little bit. It's not super important to the game, but what it's there is so fun.
1: Yeah, um, before we move off environments, I do want to say that climbing ledges is really smart in this game because all the ledges that you can climb are located are indicated by some sort of green light, yes. which stands out against all the red. And you know if you see a ledge and you're like, oh, I might be able to grab that, and it could get really confusing, but with them being... Easily locatable, you know, when the game starts moving fast and you want to climb ledges, you're like, Okay, I know exactly what I can climb on because it's green and glowing.
0: It's what makes this game so good. As you can tell, they looked at other games and went, What are you doing? What are you doing right? Right? They looked at Uncharted and went, Okay, all the climbable areas in Uncharted have this rusty yellow look to them, and that indicates where you need to go. That tells the player what to do, and we're going to take that too. Uh, they looked at, I assume, they looked at Ratchet and Clank and went, looked at their upgrade. Uh, the upgrading weapons in that game went let's do something like that because that's a satisfying mechanic the players like stuff like that and i think that you can tell through playing this game how it was developed in that way i'm assuming these are all guesses
1: yeah and watching a you know documentary interviewing the developers they didn't explicitly mention games that they were influenced by but you can definitely see that sort of design mentality bleed through and
0: this game doesn't feel like it was developed in a vacuum
1: no, it feels very much like the developers know what they want to do and know when to hold the player's hand while making the player feel powerful.
0: Which is, is so good. Like I'm glad. Like sometimes, sometimes you can get a developer that, you know, maybe they're not looking at what other people are doing and they have their own vision and that can work out. But I'm so glad when somebody goes, no, this thing works. This thing works really well. We don't want to confuse players. We're just going to take it.
1: We're just going to have a standard weapon wheel and double jump, and it's going to work about as well as you expect. And yeah, that works. It's good.
0: Yeah, and I, I appreciate that. And it I, I think this game is successful for it.
1: That's another thing I didn't mention about 1, one and 2, is there's no weapon wheel. It's all mapped to the number <laughs> buttons. That is really annoying. I'm really spoiled by modern first-person shooters on consoles where you have a weapon wheel. It's hard to just scroll through all of them in a scroll bar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this game doesn't have an overwhelming amount of weapons, so it's also makes it pretty easy to yeah, you do what you want on the fly.
1: You basically have two weapons per ammo type. There's the shotgun shells, the assault rifle rounds, and the plasma rounds, as well as the rockets. So what, like eight weapons total?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that sounds right. Chainsaw, if you want to count that, even though that's chainsaw and BFG. not selectable. X-10. Yeah, those aren't selectable from the open world. Those are one different buttons. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about gameplay-wise?
1: Um, the boss fights. They, They're uh, fine. <laughs> yeah. First-person shooters, as we mentioned before, have a hard time with boss fights. These ones, I think, are actually pretty good. I think the best one is probably the Cyber Demon. Mm-hmm. Um, just the way he forces you to move around the circular arena, you're sort of circling him. Um, I think that's really good
0: incorporates the platforming a little bit he'll trap you in basically a quarter of rock and you have to jump over waves of energy or whatever
1: yeah yeah um i think the platforming is definitely more standout in the final boss but there's only three bosses in this game the cyber demon the two armor guards and then the final boss and it's you know they're fun you know moving around in the arena around the boss makes you kind of more aware of your surroundings instead of just pumping a static object full of as many rockets as you can put into it. Yeah. And it's it's cool to master. and.
0: It is cool. I appreciate they incorporate movement because other than that, if they didn't, they would feel like bullet sponges and not that fun. And they kind of are bullet
1: sponges, but they yeah. move fast enough that it feels like just a bigger regular enemy and the combat works for that
0: yeah I, I i personally i don't think i'm as up on them as you but i, I they're no they're fine they they're certainly weren't offensive yeah and is, there's not many for a first probably. person shooter is all i can ask for
1: yeah there's only three it's fine i can't
0: think of a first person game that had great boss fights off the top of my head
1: yeah this is a, maybe metroid prime this is a segment in our podcast yeah. which which first person shooter games had good yeah, bosses maybe we'll do that as a special episode yeah metroid prime's the only one coming to mind
0: yeah that's you know it's a hard thing to do and accomplish but yeah let's um let's let's talk about the story a little bit we probably won't go through the whole thing but because honestly there's not that much to go through <laughs> but you kind of you wake up at the beginning of the game i love the intro to this game you wake up that's on this so religious-esque slab and you you're chained down you're naked and he just pulls the chains and breaks them
1: well, this, this zombie comes right up to him. Yeah. So he breaks the chains and then slams the zombie's head directly onto the edge of the coffin. It's it's great. And then rolls out of bed, grabs a pistol, and then you're immediately playing the game. Yep, immediately. And then, That's the entire intro.
0: It's phenomenal. You kill the zombies in there, and then you move on. You get your armor right away. And then you are greeted by the greatest named character of all time, Samuel Hayden.
1: This is also... So when you, when you open the door... This intro is just incredibly smart in the way it's designed. When you open the door, it plays a hologram of Olivia Pierce, one of the characters. Oh, that's right. Um, and a bunch of UAC scientists, like, bowing to your, sar- your sarcophagus. And so it gives you that feeling that a lot of really good games do that, oh, I'm, like, a total badass. People are yep. bowing to me. This is fantastic. And... But... What's also great about that is you could just push the button and go through the door and not even look at
0: that. It doesn't force you to. it's it's storytelling if you want it or if you even notice it, right? It rewards the player for paying attention, but it doesn't punish you for not.
1: Yeah. And then we get the screen with Samuel Hayden, which is the best one of the best lines as well is just demonic invasion in progress. They have that <laughs> programmed in. They know what they're about. It's so good. I'm gonna talk about this moment because it is very strong. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, he's Samuel Hayden is giving you exposition about what's happening. Like, oh, these demons are invading, and he he's a up. very um. Yeah, we should team up. He has a very Transformers, Optimus Prime voice, <laughs> which I love. And Doom Guy goes. Doom Guy says nothing. He's a silent protagonist, and he just punches the screen.
1: He just grabs it and throws it against the wall.
0: Yeah, it's so good. It's so fun and. You immediately... That's so good because it communicates to you, oh, this is a fun game. This is a game we're not taking seriously. This is just fun. This is fun times.
1: And it's so great because a lot of games, including (coughs) Doom 3, are games that are, oh, we're gonna set up an entire motivation for, oh, maybe these demons killed someone that you cared about, or you know, even in Doom 2's case, the demons killed your pet rabbit Daisy, so you're like, oh, better go kill all the demons on Earth. So... Really? you know yeah <laughs> uh, doom 2 has a screen of Dave- daisy's severed rabbit head on a spike like that game is just so metal <laughs>
0: that's that's hilarious i did not know that so
1: this coming coming up where it's like oh we need to give the character motivation it's like not really you know doom guy wakes up he's like i've killed demons so much in the past this is what i want to do get out of my way and that's so great because that's what the player feels the player bought a doom game they want to play a doom game. They want to go kill the demons. So get out of the way with this story shit.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just fun, and I appreciate what story is there. is fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's you're kind of getting story every once in a while. Samuel Hayden is talking to you over over comms, and it's it's you know it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's mainly... it doesn't
0: get in your way. It's fun. What it does though it's great
1: yeah it's mainly doom guy wakes up he wants to kill demons and then you do so for about 10 to 17 hours and the game ends there's some other character motivations with samuel hayden but there's only one
0: olivia pierce you get she's kind of i mean there were no characters right olivia pierce is a scientist turned cultist or insane or whatever she's a villain samuel hayden spoilers satan (laughs) it's so good it's so funny he's the villain which he has a villainy voice obviously he's the villain
1: And a ginormous villainous robot body
0: yeah it's 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 goofy the character there's nothing to dive into the characters they're tropes they are they are it's great but that's
1: also great because there is lore in the game that shows character motivation how samuel hayden Basically screwed over Olivia Pierce and tried to take control of all of her like research developments as his own, and why she turned against him. But all of that's optional. Yeah. you can push a screen and have the hologram show up and watch a little cutscene of them bickering, and you can read the audio or read the like scan logs and whatever as you play through the game. But you don't have to. You nope. know, if you just want to be Doom guy and kill demons because that's why you bought a Doom game, then go for it. That's the developers are very much on your side in that front.
0: It's it's great. I can't recommend it enough. I guess the only other character is Vega, which is the AI. Vega's great. Yeah, and he's, he's good.
1: He just lives in your helmet. He's not he's as annoying a Cortana. as Cortana. Yeah, he's not as annoying as a Cortana, but he's just there and like supports you in what you're doing. Yeah, it's even if it means killing you
0: It's what a game. What an enjoyable experience. What a fun, fun time. What a way to basically reboot a franchise modernize it it's it's awesome and like i said my only complaint is repetition but i did whatever I, i've still played this game multiple times it's clearly not that big of a complaint
1: yeah and you you mentioned you platinumed it on ps4 i did I did as well even though one of the achievements is glitched and i had to play through the entire game again in order to plat- the rune trials really you get an achievement for getting all the rune trials yeah. but it didn't activate for me so I had to completely wipe wipe all save data from my PS4 and reset to version 1.0 and then play through and get all the runes again to get the achievement Bummer, I did not have that problem but it it didn't matter because I've played this game so many times I've yeah. platinumed it on PS4 I played it a hundred percent completion at least twice on switch and at least once on PC I own this game three times I regret none of them it is fantastic
0: yeah it's a it's a good experience it's a fun platinum too i will say if you want to
1: yeah it's not too hard get all
0: the achievements it's it's fun i did choose the last achievement so last achievements you get to play the first level on ultra nightmare and ultra nightmare is one of those difficulties where if you die it just boots you back to the beginning of the level
1: no it boots you back to the the beginning of the game yeah yeah it is
0: brutal yeah and i'm like fuck that so i choose that but but it's a good time
1: i did that did you do that? Yeah, I did. It's only you only have to beat the first level for the achievement. You don't have to beat. The yeah, game. yeah,
0: for sure. <laughs> I was like, you can jump out of bounds at that level and just walk to the end.
1: <laughs> you just cheesed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the only
0: achievement I had left. I'm not patient enough to, to do this right. So yeah, whatever. But it's it's a it's a great time, and I even think the Switch version is fairly decent.
1: Yeah. Did you play the Switch version much? Mm-hmm.
0: So I played this game, I believe, three times. I played it on PS Four. To Switch and then play it on PS4 again and go to And the Switch version's good. It has some frame rate issues, if I remember correctly. And I don't know how much patched it, it since I played it. I played it in 2017. Yeah, when well, came out.
1: the... Yeah, I have my research. This was made by Panic Button, yeah. who has done a really great job porting games to Switch so far. They've done this. They did Wolfenstein 2, which is the only way I've actually played that game so far. Um, really great port. They did... A bunch of other like modern you know ps4 360 games um did they work on the witcher 3 i think that was no that was safer yeah but they you know they understand that you can get these games working it's going to take a hit it's going to be not as graphically yeah. you know significant and the frame rate's going to be probably cut in half but you're playing it on a handheld and that's really not something to be taken lightly
0: yes and it's super impressive i will say Um, it's, it's for the most part, good experience. I do remember, and again, it could have been patched, but there were sections of the game where the frame rate was single digits. So just be wary if that's going to bother you a lot of that version.
1: Yeah. I played it twice on Switch and I didn't encounter any of that. So
0: that's good to hear. And it just might be an isolated experience. I don't know. Um, but I, I just think it's something to, to think about.
1: But if you have, if you only have a Nintendo Switch and you want to try this game, it's a perfectly...
0: Good port of the game. Absolutely playable, fun.
1: Um, a little, a couple more notes on this game. It did sell two million before the end, before the middle of twenty seventeen. So, you know, about a year after its release, it sold two million copies. It's pretty good.
0: And this game has had a long tail.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean,
0: I can't imagine. I'm sure it's sold a lot more since then.
1: Yeah. Well, and it helps that it is one of those modern games that dropped in price pretty quickly. Which is a little unfortunate because I think it's worth a lot. <laughs> you know, I did pay about a hundred dollars on this game altogether between the three versions. So Yeah, I, that sounds about right. Yeah. The 60 of that was the Switch port, because it sold for 60 when it came out. But it was the fourth best selling Switch game during its opening week. And I think into the week after that as well.
0: Which is impressive, because it came out around the same time as Mario Odyssey. Right, that was at the end of the year, twenty seventeen.
1: Uh, yes. Yeah. So
0: that's that's a pretty that's I mean that's a big deal. That's that's really cool. Yeah, it's um. I I think no matter what platform you play this on, you'll have a good time.
1: Oh yeah, it's it. When I played this, I think
0: I maybe not Stadia. I don't know about that version.
1: I sure. don't know anything about Stadia. Yeah, but I'll you, walk that back.
0: <laughs> I don't know anything about Stadia. Maybe. Maybe who not who any knows? platform. Do some research on that one if you want to play it there.
1: <laughs> um. I think you recommended this to me in 2016 and I picked it up for PS4. Didn't own a PS4 at that point. I played it on my siblings PS4 and I loved the hell out of it. It quickly climbed to one of my favorite games of all time and it still is up there. And I've played this game more times than I can count. It's like over 12 at this point, hundred percented of it a handful of times, um, played it with only the pistol, the worst weapon in the game on, on switch and even that was a good time. So, you know, do yourself a favor and play this game. It goes for cheap. You can even get, they recently put out the Slayers edition on PS4 and Xbox One, I believe. And that comes with Doom 1, 2, and 3, and 2016, all for like 20 bucks.
0: Yeah, totally. That's probably a good package to get. Um, and this game does, let's, let's touch on this stuff real quick. This game has multiplayer. It's fun. I, I you know, it's, it's not nothing to write home about, but... I played some of it for the Platinum and was like, oh,
1: this is actually kind of
0: enjoyable. I
1: Yeah, I played a little bit on Switch when that came out and a little bit for the achievement on PS4. And it's good. You know, it's if you want a little bit faster-paced like Halo, just in terms of movement, then... Yeah, eh, I don't it's, think it's quite as balanced as Halo. No, no. Halo, yeah. I would say, is the better multiplayer experience, but it's there. It's That was actually licensed out to a different company to make the multiplayer, which yeah. was interesting. But, you know, it's the same gameplay if you want to play with friends then it's...
0: it's 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 a fun time and i will say um to to talk about the trophies a little bit more great multiplayer trophies they do what the uncharted games did where they just kind of encourage you to test it out they don't make you prestige yeah you just have to do
1: like a couple matches and you get all the yeah, multiplayer so, achievements. which
0: I, I know not everybody cares about trophies but i i think they're fun so it's cool to know um, and then this game also has a function, which I think is really cool and played around with a little bit, but didn't really stick with it, it's called Snap Map, which is sort of their editor. You're, you can create your own levels, you can create multiplayer maps, you can create single player maps. It was shockingly fully functioned, like fully featured.
1: Yeah, and you can share those online as well. And playing what people come up with in this engine is actually really impressive. They do yeah. some really cool things
0: it's a neat neat idea
1: one note is the snap map is not on switch that's that, right that's a good call a little unfortunate so, so yeah if, and that version is also more expensive because switch cartridges are more expensive and mm. it's not as cheap to produce as a blu-ray and you know it's also nintendo so a caution on that version but you know it's still the game and it's on a handheld so
0: yeah snap map is really cool though i just wanted to make note of it it feels like a it doesn't so much feel like something like Dreams where you're making your own games, but it does feel like an evolution of, say, Halo's Forge mode.
1: Yeah, it's like Doom Maker, essentially. Yeah. It's it's got all the tools you need to make your own levels, but not like an entirely new game.
0: Yeah, it, it's cool. It's a it's a neat thing. And I, I, that's all I got on Doom twenty sixteen. What do you
1: Yeah, I mean, the game kicks ass. <laughs> I played it so many times. I'm what a game. Gonna play it again in this week before Eternal. <sighs>
0: going to squeeze that in?
1: I'm going to squeeze that in, do another pistol-only run. Yeah, I mean, I've just... This is one of my favorite games of all time, and it does have some shortcomings, but the developers are fully aware of that, and I think they're going to keep making these and keep expanding on it.
0: I do, too. And obviously, the legacy of this game. It's getting a sequel very soon, and we're incredibly excited. I, I think this sequel looking at it now, having not played it yet, is going to blow it out the water. Yes. I'm going to predict it. Like, I cannot wait. It looks like they're addressing my complaints about sort of the generic semi-feel of the game, it looks like.
1: And also some of the slow pacing, you know, between mm-hmm. arenas and, you know, they completely removed a crouch button, if that has any indication about how fast they want this game to be. But, you know, we're in the week before. If you listen to this afterward, we're probably going to do an episode on that game as well.
0: Yeah, and you will, because um, this will come out after the which This will be months after. Yeah, I just I can't recommend it enough.
1: Yes, if you haven't played a Doom game, if you're looking for a faster-paced first-person shooter, then Doom's there. It's cheap. It's excellent. It's one of the best games of 2016, which is not relevant anymore but it's also just one of the best games of the last decade
0: it definitely makes it on the top 10 list of the generation
1: yes very good
0: if not close to the top um so yeah that's doom we can't wait to talk about doom eternal
1: and doom 64 we'll get there yeah
0: yeah someday don't forget to rip and tear
1: yes play play this game play this game it's fantastic
0: play this game we'll talk about doom doom eternal will be released whenever this podcast gets released it'll be released the week after So get prepared.
1: Yep. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.